You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So if you've been following Seattle Real Estate Podcast long enough, even just a little bit, understand that we have a massive housing supply issue in the United States. And that's causing, it's one of the reasons, one of the primary reasons that's driving the market to the moon. Prices are just skyrocketing all across the United States. Not every single market, but enough markets where you're like, yeah, this is a general trend. This is happening basically everywhere. You got super low interest rates. You got a big focus on real estate. People want homes. They, if they're going to have to hunker down and do some more schooling, all that good stuff at home, work at home, they want a bigger house. So all eyes have been on real estate. And so now it's gotten down to that point where everybody's like, well, there's no affordable housing, there's even less affordable housing. How do we get more inventory into the marketplace and make this more equitable for people? The big thing about this is that this is a free market economy. And when you try and monkey with some of those factors, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out well. Here we've got one thing we've got uh, President Biden coming out with a plan. Here's what he's going to do. Biden seeks to ease housing shortage with $5 billion carrot with no stick approach. I like the carrot with no stick. Here's the carrot. There's nothing to whack you in the rear end to make you do this, right? Um, <laughs> just uh, we're, we're just we're just dangling that carrot out there. I'm going to tell you why this is a terrible idea, and this is a terrible idea. This is not going to work. This does nothing for the housing stock shortage that we have right now. And, and I'll get into it as we go. All right. If you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of side hustles, real estate companies that have been in business forever. But they're more sexy if you call them side hustles. I mean, they're virtually startups. You know, one's a 20 something year startup and the other is a, well, from its inception, probably a 40 something year company that I mean, it's it's damn near a startup. All right. Um, I own both of those. But I read the news that reasonable people like you and I want to hear stuff that not everybody's covering positions that aren't going to be found in the mainstream media. All right, let's go. So Biden, he's, he's trying to do something here. And this is going to be a woeful fail. And this is coming from a real estate guy with a lot of years, walking through homes as an appraiser, selling homes, managing all that good stuff, right? Okay, so let's get into it. President Joe Biden is seeking to ease a national affordable, affordable housing shortage by pushing local governments to allow apartment buildings in neighborhoods that are currently restricted to single family homes. All right. One of the big things about real estate is the demand and supply curve have massive inelasticity, meaning that when you have a supply issue, you can't fix it very quick. Because the amount of time it takes to rework zoning laws, have developers come in, buy the lots in those areas that have had the rezone take place, rezone's going to take years and years and years. And then you've got to have the permitting process, which takes years and years and years. And then you've got to have the builder step up and be willing to build these bad boys for affordable housing, never going to happen. All right. And what we're talking about is we're talking about a lot of uh, cities, East Coast and West Coast, 
that are very expensive that if you try and upzone these areas, the, the areas that we're looking at upzoning are already close into the downtown employment centers. Those are already expensive. Those are already beyond your affordable housing. Could you make it a little more affordable? Yeah, but it's still not going to be affordable like we're talking about. Like working class, blue worker, blue collar people aren't still not going to be able to afford the homes in the urban areas that have had rezones take place because it's already overrun and it's, it's expensive. This is not going to work. In Seattle, we have done rezones where you take a single family, 5,000 square foot lot, and you put up more housing. Guess what? You've got a ton of people with demand for new construction. And even though they're just buying this little tiny box, they're paying eight, $900 million for these little boxes. That's what's happened to the rezone. Developers have done very well. Homeowners selling have done very well. Has it made the real estate more cheap? Absolutely not. It has created a little bit more supply, but we already talked, and that's been that's been over the course of the past ten years. That's been going on. Is denser urban cores? Maybe you take a house on a three thousand square foot lot and you add a detached ADU. I'm okay with that because that is still single family. We're talking about allowing some apartments to go up in residential neighborhoods. I'm a no go with that. Keep the multifamily zoned areas multifamily. Single family areas, they're single family for a reason, and it's called homogeneity. And that means that the greater your levels of housing, and I don't care who owns it, whether they're people of color, white people, black people, doesn't matter. When you keep homes more consistent with their use, you don't put up a six floor multifamily building next to a single family next to a laundromat next to a gas station. When you do that, property values drop. That's just a thing. We all know that when you start mixing up zoning, not good, your property values start to drop in those areas. That is a fact. So I don't care what communities you're doing that keep that in mind as we read this article. So we're talking about restructuring some of the zoning and the photo on this article is pretty funny. You've got Kamala Harris in the background. She's all in focus and she's kind of looking off into the distance, very intent. You've got Joe Biden doing something with his hand. He's all out of focus. And clearly the, the picture being told by this um, story, or the story being told by this picture is Sleepy Joe may not be all in charge. Kamala Harris, mm, she might be who we need to keep an eye on. That's the way I take this one. The $3 billion plan could inject the White House into a debate pitting older homeowners against younger workers seeking to gain a foothold in the most expensive U.S. cities, where many families spend a third or more of their income on housing. The proposal, which would provide financial incentives to local governments that change zoning laws restricting many neighborhoods to single-family homes, is an example of the sort of broad social policy changes Democrats are including in Biden's true trillion-dollar infrastructure bill. Okay, so we want to do a little upzoning. So you've got a house on, <clears throat> call it a 6,000 square foot lot, 7,000 square foot lot, typical suburban lot. Are you going to knock that house down and put up three or four multifamily dwellings in a residential neighborhood? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. No, I don't think you're going to do that because those numbers don't make sense. They don't make sense. And all you're doing by doing that is shifting the housing to further out. And maybe that's where you need to start. How about you go, go out 
you know, out into the sticks, go out into the rural areas. How about you do some of that? Maybe put up some multifamily there. See how those folks take to that. That's not going to happen either, right? Most of this stuff, it's just flat, not going to happen. You're going to have a little bit of this wonky stuff, but that's going to happen in markets further out than downtown because the economics don't make sense. And for this timeline, for what we've got going on right now, that's going to be here for the next year or two, at least. And we're talking about uh, super low levels of inventory. I read the Northwest multiple listing stats yesterday. I did a full read through on that bad boy. That's some dry stuff. But mainly it was property values are going through the roof. And we've got incredible shortages. In some areas, it's like less than two weeks. That's sold out, flat out sold out. So people are clamoring saying, well, there's no affordable housing. Well, there's no expensive housing either. There's no housing period available. It's not just affordable. And of course, this impacts people on the affordable end because they're renting a lot of times and they're not going to have a place to rent. Just did a uh, rent story on San Francisco versus one of its suburb communities. It's got such little rental housing that people are going on Facebook groups and they're just, I mean, they're really scrambling to find rental properties in outer lying neighborhoods where people have, have gone from downtown. Maybe they've got a weekend house or a cabin or whatever that would normally be in the house in the rental pool that is now being shifted and being taken over by people who don't no longer want to be in the urban areas. Yeah, we're going to take our house back or we're going to sell it. We've made enough money. Critics of the zoning laws say they drive up housing costs. No. Contribute to urban and suburban sprawl. No. And perpetuate racial segregation. However you want to figure that out. Neighborhoods have been set in stone for a long, long time. Zoning laws I don't you have a change in zoning laws, that's not going to, that's not going to change racial segregation, right? You're just talking about packing more people in or not packing more people in, in a in a, you know, neighborhood based on density. That's what you're doing. This doesn't have to do with racial segregation. It's an enormous step forward, said Richard Collenberg, a housing expert at the Century Foundation, a left-leaning think tank. Very few politicians have taken the next step to propose something really meaningful to change the system. Or that could be said is very few politicians have taken this next step to propose something this ridiculous because they know it won't work out. I added that last sentence myself. Or you could have very few politicians have taken the next step to propose to propose something so ridiculous because their advisors have some common sense, they're reasonable people, and they've said, yeah, if you monkey around with the zoning, you're really going to rock the boat of American housing. Don't do that. All right, Biden, he doesn't know any different. He's just listened to everybody just talk, give him input. Hey, hey, Sleepy Joe, you need to do this. You need to do this. Oh, I, I, I need to change zoning laws. Oh, okay. Nobody else has done this before. This must be a good thing. It's an enormous step forward. No, it's not. It's, this is silliness to even be considering this. You're monkeying with the free market. It's not going to work out well. The infrastructure bill would need to pass the narrowly Democratic-controlled Congress, where Republicans are already attacking it as not focused on roads and bridges. Zoning laws were rare in the United States until the Supreme Court in 1917 struck down laws that prevented black people from buying property in white neighborhoods. All right, let's throw that one out there, okay? All right, inclusion. if you have the ability to buy a home, you should be able to buy it, Period. That's my rule. Hey, if you got the money, if you come to the table with the money, if you come to pay, you can play. All right? That's, that should happen. 
Housing availability for everybody, but you got to work for it. Can't give it to you. Because if you don't earn it, you're not going to realize the value of it. And you're not going to learn from that process of getting the American dream, which is buying your first house. And this prompting local governments to adopt rules that set minimum lot sizes and barred apartment buildings from many neighborhoods. Keep the apartment buildings in a certain area because that that's where the density is. That's where you want to have all those buildings. You don't want to have it spotty because then that impacts both neighborhoods. It impacts both the multifamily and the single family. You've got zoning laws for a reason. They're in place for a reason. Under pressure from politically active homeowners, Urban areas with the tightest restrictions in place, coastal cities, including New York and San Francisco, have increased them further since 2006, according to the University of Pennsylvania survey. Same exact thing in Seattle, same thing in Portland. You got all this dense in-city infill going on because guess why? The builders can make, developers, they can make some money by doing that because there's such a markup. You can tear down a place, put up four or five units, you can go to town. So that's economics. That's the free market. It's not because they're like, Oh, I need to build some more multifamily housing or some more dense single family housing, because this is going to bring more affordable housing stock to the marketplace, said no developer or builder ever. It's how am I going to get paid? This is a free market society. And that's what builders and developers do. They have to make a living. If you're a school teacher out there, you make a living well, you used to make a living by going to school and teaching people. Now you make a living by staying at home and complaining, complaining about going to school. That's how you make your living. Builders, developers, everybody in that food chain, they got to make a profit on housing. And if you're in the business of providing low income housing, you're making a profit off that. And that is one of the hottest markets out there. Because governments don't know up from down when they're paying you to build their affordable housing units, right? Big money in affordable housing. That's a racket. Let's be honest. Young, and it can also go sideways on you because you are at the whim of the, the governmental restrictions. Ah, oh, you didn't build that right. You know, so that can go sideways on you as well as if you got a plat somewhere out and just standard residential, cut it up, you know turn and burn. That's a different deal than in these downtown markets where you've got just a lot of restrictions going on. Younger Americans, civil rights groups and employers have pushed some cities in the opposite direction. In recent years, Minneapolis has allowed small apartments to be built in residential areas across the city. And Oregon made a similar change for all urban areas. How is that working out for you, Minneapolis and Portland? Let's see. Minneapolis is they're kind of on the verge of just going up in flames right now. And Portland is under some extreme gun violence. They've just got gun violence going on. And Oregon had the nightly riots, the violent riots for 120 150 days. So when we take into account those kind of things going on in these cities, let's take a hard look at changing zoning laws based on these cities being our examples of what to do or not to do might be the case. And in my estimation, hey, you change these zoning laws in downtown urban areas, all right, it's just not going to bring any housing stock to the market. That stuff's already in the pipeline. 
California last year allowed smaller living spaces to be built next to single family homes. But its Democratic controlled legislature rejected a bill that would have required cities to allow developers to build high density apartment buildings near transit lines and job centers, even if they are located in single family neighborhoods. Uh, It rejected that bill. So this stuff is just I mean, it's kind of arbitrary, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to do this. No, we're not going to do that. With the US economy near full employment in 2019, roughly one in three US households spent more than 30% of income on housing near record highs, according to Harvard's Joint Center for Housing Studies. If you want to play in the big boy leagues, you got to live closer to your employment center, because you don't want to spend a ton of time in traffic, right? If you don't have the ability to do that, you're going to live further out. Those are basic land economics. Downtown, expensive, further out, not, but a commute. That's reality. That's what you've got to deal with. Clamoring to have affordable housing in downtown, that's a no-go. Those days are gone, over. You're not going to see that. Any governments working towards that, good luck with that. That's not going to happen. The Biden proposal would set up a $5 billion fund for local governments to compete for grants to pay for new schools, roads, or bridges if they agreed to loosen zoning rules. How long do you think this stuff would take to get in place? Five years? Longer? What do you think our housing supply situation will be by the time this stuff actually goes through? It's going to be different for sure, right? We can't have this. Something's going to come up. Something's going to rock the market. We're going to have to go through an adjustment period. It always happens. I don't care what you say. Okay, if you say we're on a 15 year super cycle. Oh, maybe San Francisco has been Seattle. We had some ups and downs with that whole great recession thing. But beyond that, I mean, these markets have been on a roll for man, 25 years. I mean, it, if you look at it, it's it's been a roll. We haven't had those. We've had slow increases, but we haven't had those, you know, dead periods like Japan's 10 years of zero interest rates, right? The dead decade or the blank decade, whatever they call it. So this is a new approach that is purely, purely carrot, no stick, said White House official on conditions of and, and, of being anonymous. A similar effort by Democratic former President Barack Obama failed to gain gain traction. Republican former President Donald Trump's housing secretary, Ben Carson, voiced support for easing zoning rules, but did not take action. Ah, let's talk about it. Let's throw it out there. Maybe my name will get picked up in articles down the future, and that will be my legacy. (laughs) I mean... People who understand real, real estate realize when you start monkeying with zoning rules, you're changing the game and you're really risking rocking the entire boat and things go sideways when you do that. Um, housing experts praised Biden's proposal, but said it may do little to influence affluent communities that have the tightest zoning laws, which have little need for federal assistance. Okay. But that's, I mean, that, that's just a small segment of the marketplace. You're talking about areas where you can upzone from single family to denser multifamily or denser single family. This isn't going to change the world, but it could do some amount of good. All right. This is one of those things where at the beginning of defunding the police, everybody was on board and thought, this, we have rethought this and, you know, we haven't really thought it and reimagined it. We're just kind of reacting 
to what's going on politically. And this is a good idea. How long did it take Minneapolis to circle back around and realize from defunding to realize we need to spend six million bucks trying to recruit police officers into Minneapolis, because we don't have enough cops to keep our city streets or city streets safe. Same thing with Portland, same thing with Seattle, same thing with a lot of jurisdictions that are going to experience peaceful protesting slash violent rioting this summer, because that's what we're in for. And when that happens to communities that don't have enough cops on the street, mm, we're going to reimagine and rethink that Johnny on the spot quickly. We need to get some more cops in here. Because you do. That's public safety. That's how it's handled. Making judgment calls like this of this isn't going to change the world, but it could do some amount of good. It might not also. We haven't really done much in the way of studies on this. And we think, all right, let's just throw this out there as a um, as a guess. Well, you know, let's give this a whirly bob. Let's just see how this goes. It's a terrible idea. Don't monkey with it. Biden may get more results if he conditions the hundreds of billions of dollars of transportation and housing spending in his proposal to zoning changes. But that could spur a backlash that could make it harder to pass into law, she said. The sheer scale of Biden's proposed spending, $2 trillion. Every time I turn around, it's $2 trillion, right? $2 trillion this, $2 trillion that. Haven't we spent like $8 trillion in the last year or something just absurd? How about inflation down the road? Could that be something? Ah, no, just keep spending. It'll be okay. It'll be all right. Your children's great, 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 great grandchildren's children's grandchildren. They'll pick up the bill. They'll enjoy this. They will really benefit from this spending we're doing today. So $2 trillion in infrastructure following $1.9 trillion in coronavirus aid may also dilute the impact of the $5 billion fund. Wah, wah, wah. I don't think this is going anywhere, but it's a nice story for some on the other side to say, we could be doing this. Yeah, I don't think you want to do that. You're monkeying with the market. When that happens, mm, you need to Johnny quickly reimagine, rethink what is you're doing, what it is you're doing. But you know, that's not really how the other side works on things. They just make changes and then go, huh, that didn't work out. What were we thinking there? And yet they never say what were we thinking there? We do. We bring it up. Reasonable people bring it up. We think we, we say, that's not going to work. That's not going to work out great like we all did in the whole defunding the police thing. All right, you want to give that a rip? I say take all the police out. Let's see how that works. When you have nobody to pick up the phone and say, yeah, we'll send somebody out. Oh, we defunded them. We abolished the police. We got nobody. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. We do have somebody. I have a 64-year-old social worker I would like to send your way. Unarmed. They don't know anything about de-escalation. They're unarmed. They don't really have a lot of training. I mean, they've got a psychology degree from 45 years ago. Is that going to help you out? I know you've got a naked dude covered in his own poop, screaming with a gun in hand. But I think this social worker is they're really going to make a difference in this case. You know, normally we'd send out the police who were armed. We defunded them, but it's okay. This is how we're handling it now. And I totally make up that story. But doesn't that seem like what comes to mind when you hear 
the circumstances that maybe we're moving towards as we reimagine and rethink things. That's kind of what I think. And I think, oh, well, on one hand, it would be funny to see that go down. But you know who that impacts the most? You got it. People on the lower rungs of society, people of color. I don't want to see that happen. I mean, we can see that writing on the wall when you help defund the police. Not a good look. Don't want to see that play out in broad swaths across society. No go there. We'll have to see how this plays out in a world in which there will be a lot of money sloshing around, said Michael Stegman of the Urban Institute, who is a former senior housing advisor to Obama. Ask anybody in real estate, hey, let's start monkeying around with the zoning laws, the zoning restrictions. Let's see how that goes. You start doing that, and most real estate guys are going to be like, what? We have zoning laws in place for a reason. It is not to keep people down in their social position in society. It's not to do that. It's to to heighten the levels of homogeneity, homes being somewhat similar. Those communities tend to flourish. Good examples of that, super expensive, affluent communities. That's right. High levels of homogeneity, very expensive. Lower end neighborhoods where you've got the gas station, the mini mart, the whatever. People don't want to live next to a mini mart. They don't. Maybe in you know a downtown urban market where you've got the skyscrapers, mini mart in the first floor, 7-Eleven, that's awesome. That's what you want. But that's in a really dense urban neighborhood that's already got those zoning laws. Out in the burbs, in between the urban area and the burbs, we're not looking to have 7-Eleven next to Aunt Betty's house and then Uncle George across the street. And, you know, we're not looking to have that kind of thing. Are we looking to have more dense housing? That's what this proposal is. And You're not going to see it. This is not an answer to the housing supply issue, period. It's talk. It's just something more that can be looked at. And here's why this $2 trillion proposal is a good idea. Here's our $5 billion plan. Let's give incentives for this. Let's see if some cities pick up on it. They don't really know what to do, right? They don't really know what to do. They have no idea how to handle short housing supply. And you know what you do? You wait it out. It's the market. This is what's going on right now. This is not going to change overnight. This is definitely not going to change with some Mickey Mouse zoning law changes. Not happening. Not anytime soon, anyway. You might get some inventory down the road, but the whole new construction, inelastic demand and supply curve, that thing is horrific. You talk to anybody in real estate. When you want to start building a place, it takes years of buildup. That's why that That's why that push and pull for the demand component to actually getting the supply into place, it takes so long that you might as well not even work on it. It's like, all right, whatever happens, happens. It comes. It's real estate. It's the market. All right. That is my viewpoint on this genius concept that will not work out. I bet you it it doesn't really go anywhere. But you can say, hey, you know, Talked about for like whatever we half an hour in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Huh, that just didn't, yeah, that plan 
kind of went by the wayside, as I think a lot of Biden's plans will go by the wayside. I just don't think he has enough support to uh, to get much much going through. That's just me. I'm just a real estate guy. But this one is about zoning, right? It's about real estate. It's about housing. It's about where you can build and where you can't build. And is it about racism? No, some people might point to that. Hey, black people couldn't buy houses. Okay, we're beyond that. Now, if you are a you know, if you're a person, you could be from out of the country, you can come here, you can buy real estate, doesn't matter what nationality or you are, your skin color is, if you got the money, if you came to pay, you can play. All right, that's where we're at. And so, um, yeah, that's all I got in this one. Thanks so much for being here. I'd love to have you subscribe. I'd love to have you share the content, all that good stuff. You guys know the drill. You guys already do it. And keep sending me stories. The stories you guys are sending me are great. And even if I don't read your particular story, it helps me because when I see that story come up down the road or there's another kind of linking story, I've got input, which means, hey, the listeners and the viewers of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast, these are the topics that they're thinking about that they think enough to send them to their ridiculous podcast host, Sean Reynolds, and he might take a look. So it's it's all about the storyline. And when you guys send me that stuff, I kind of go, okay, we're going to put that in the storyline. That's an ongoing narrative that reasonable people want to hear about. Thanks for being reasonable. I'll catch up with you guys soon. All right. Talk then. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.